So you are doing some research here. Yeah, so uh, Cam the intern. Got oh, his own, own podcast. Got his own podcast. But it looks good. Looks good. Logos, good Maybe graphics. Maybe it sounds good, too. Oh, Cam. Hardworking kid. Cam? Yeah. Every day that kid's stock goes up a little Doesn't bit. A little bit. Ryan Hurtry on the way. It's good off the backboard and in. I'm sorry. What a take by Ducker. Jones, another steal. Spin on Caldwell and the layup's good. I would like to see you hold a mirror up to yourself and interview yourself. As good as this was, it could only be better if it was all you. Tuning in, I was a fan. I was like, man, let's do it. Cam, thanks so much for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Joined today for the first time, Cam Isamone. Gallagher's going to have to shoot it from beyond the arc. And it's good. Jacobs for three. He got it! My goodness, what a shooting performance by I think Cam's Corner is great. Tune in to Cam's Corner. This kid's going to make it. He's going to make it here. Great. We are back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Cam's Corner. Today, joining me, a former New York Nick and Dallas Maverick, also attending Providence College, where he was born and raised, currently playing overseas in China for the Southern Tigers. It's Ricky Lito. Ricky, thanks for taking the time, man, and joining me. How's it going, man? Uh, this year, actually, I'm in... Uh... I'm in Lebanon this year, so this is my this is my first year in Lebanon in the Middle East. So it's been a good experience. So just checking in, just had to tell you that one. Last yeah. year I was with Bongo. Okay. All right. Yeah. So a little again, a lot of different overseas experiences. Again, one of the first professionals to join the show. I had uh I don't know if you know him. He's a Providence legend, uh Ernie D. Played in the seventies. Okay, uh, yeah. I know Ernie. I know yeah. Ernie for sure. My days at Providence for sure. He definitely checked in, seen everything. So he's a good guy. Yeah, he was one of the first like past professionals to join. Uh, but for yourself, I like to open up the first questions regarding like the players and coaches, like how they fell in love with the sport that they're involved in. So for you, like, uh, where did that passion for basketball spark at a young age? Um, actually, I was actually a football player, man. Like, I was I was really good at football. I played football for the most part, and it was my brother just trying to be better than my older brother. My older brother, he was actually really good at basketball before his life took a different turn, but Definitely, that was my passion, just trying to be better than him. One day he told me that I'll never be better than him, and then that was just, like, my whole thing, and I ended up falling like, falling in love with the game. Yeah, so, like, did you – um was, like, the focus going into high school football, or was it was it basketball? At that point, going into high school, it was both. Like, I was still playing football. I was still playing basketball, but uh, uh, after my freshman year, I just really – so I take basketball serious, and I think that's what took off. Like just working hard and really trying to like become a, become the best I could be at the sport because it was big. Like I was watching like John Wall highlights, like uh, OJ Mayo. Those were my two guys in high school that like I watched. That I'm like, well, damn, like this is when you two first started getting going with it. So those are the guys that I was like looking up to. So and always Kobe and. Penny, those are those Katie. So there's a couple guys that I looked at and I was just like, wow, like this is what I really want to do. Yeah. I was gonna I was actually just gonna ask you what what the players that you implemented your game around. I mean, you just kind of mentioned a lot of great ones there, but once you came to Hendrickin or like how did you really decide on going to Hendrickin uh to start your high school career? Um it was big. Uh I went to Perry Middle School, so I was like this is like one of the worst high schools, middle schools in Rhode Island. So the school actually shut down and it was big. My guidance counselor, Mr. Mister McCoy, he's actually, he was like the head classical football coach. I think he still is, but he was a big, big influence in that because 
he was telling me about like trying to get into classical, trying to get into LaSalle, taking these tests. So I was taking all these tests and I was actually good at basketball and I started to go and I actually got accepted to Hendrickson on like the last day. I was going to end up going to Hope High School, but I got accepted to Hendrickson on the last day I could get accepted. And that switch changed everything. That changed my life. Yeah, and also you had Coach Jamal Gomes I've had on here. Uh, he spoke a lot, you know, highly about you when you had your time there. Um, you know, just elaborate on what it was like for playing for him for a couple of years. Uh, Coach Gomes, I played with Coach Gomes one year. First year, my freshman year, I was, uh, I didn't make varsity. I should have made varsity, but they didn't put me on varsity. I don't know why, but <laughs> they were a championship team. So just going in my sophomore year, Coach Gomes just started off just – coming off the bench but playing meaningful minutes and then what sparked it was Matt Barboza he was a senior at the time he ended up getting injured and that's what that was what propelled me into the starting lineup and just me really like taking off that year coach Gomes supported me just told me to play my game and it was it was great he was great for me he was a great development everything for me right and you only spent a few years at Hendrickson right <clears throat> I spent two years at Hendrickson. Right, and then you went around to a couple prep schools. Uh, was there a reason for leaving Hendrickson and like going to different more than one prep school? Or, uh, definitely. Um, it was a tough decision. I remember. Uh, I remember. Uh, Mr. Jackson at Hendrickson. He was so upset that I was leaving, but it was. Uh, it was definitely because of basketball. Like I was going that year. We won the championship. I got the MVP of the championship game as a sophomore and going into that summer, I had a big, big summer. Like I had a, like a huge summer and I was getting recruited. And that was like for the time for me to be like, all right, I need to step it up. Like I'm not, it's no knock on Rhode Island basketball, but it, it wasn't the highest level and it wasn't going to develop me to be the player that I became if I just stayed in, right. in the Instacup Rhode Island basketball league. Yeah, clearly, you know, like, like we just said, it was the right choice for you. Like, it set you up in the perfect position. Um, so we, we were selected as a McDonald's All-American, or was it like an All-American game, or what was that type? All-American game, and because I went to uh, – I did a post-grad, so – not a yeah. post-grad, but, yeah, but I basically a post-grad. So I wasn't eligible for McDonald's game, so I was Jordan, All-American, um, and the All-American game with – in New Orleans. So. Okay. Those are two big games at that time. Jordan games, definitely, like, it's a big – it's basically the McDonald's, yeah. just, like, of the Nike side. So, it, that was that was definitely a life-changing experience. Love that. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. Elaborate on, like, uh, who – maybe some of the players that you played with um, and, like, what that experience was oh, like for you. Who was – it was, like, Shabazz Muhammad, Nerlens Noel, uh, Rodney Purvis. He was really good. Um, who else? Jerry and Grant. Okay. Um, who else was it? Sam Decker. I had like we had like a lot of good guys. Stephen Adams. Wow. So like we had like a lot of like there were a lot of good players, man. That right. that, that really was there. Mitch McGarry. He ended up getting drafted. Went to Bruce Academy, but he's not. He doesn't play anymore. He actually retired. Yeah, and then like going into the college scene, twenty-first ranked player according to ESPN. Um, you know, how did that popularity help you select the college and how come you picked uh, Providence predominantly? Um, that was big. It was just that 
I was always in prep school, so I've I've always played away from home. And originally, what I was gonna do, I was gonna go to Syracuse. That was that was like one of my favorite schools, and one of my good friends, like my brother, my Michael Carter Williams. He was he was there. He was a freshman, and we went to St. Andrews together. So that was our backcourt. <clears throat> so. That was like a that was big. I was like either it was really either gonna be Syracuse or Kentucky, but then I felt like everybody was going to Kentucky, and then I was already on the draft boards, like basically pre-draft, and I felt like why not play home? I haven't played home, and I can I can do something great. And we had a great recruiting class. Me, Chris Dunn. Josh Fortune, they already had pieces there. Vince Council, Big East, all-time leading, leading scorer. I mean, leading assists. Like Dante Hinton, 2,000 and 2,000, 2,000 points, 2,000 rebounds. Uh, Bryce Cotton, okay, for Kadeem Bad. So I thought we, we, we had a great team. We had a great chance. Like, And it was just <clears throat> it was just a little mix-up during high school. It's like when I switched to Notre Dame Prep because my dad ended up going to jail. So... I switched to Notre Dame Prep to be closer to him, to see him, visit him. And they ended up giving me 0.2 of a credit short. Wow. Passed my SAT, had my had my 860 on the two sections that I needed. They gave me 0.2 of a credit short because I didn't want to commit to Pittsburgh. That's a whole nother story. So I ended up being a posture qualifier and going into Providence. So, yeah, I was just going to ask you that, too. Like, your mindset at the time, of course, you're frustrated because, like you said, that you had a – Crazy squad. I used to watch that that those that, those squads when I was like, damn, I was a little, I was really a little then. But like, I remember you. Like, there was one. Uh, they had something at Alumni Hall, and this is the first time I saw you. Obviously, like you didn't know who I was. I was a little kid, but like Magic Johnson was there. Um, who else? Oh, was that there? was our. Uh, um, that was our. Uh, I think that was our Midnight Madness. Yeah, and like you were getting interviewed by like uh, the news, like probably like WPRI or something like that. But there was a lot of like big name people there. A lot of hype around your name. I wanted to, where I was going with this is, was like your mindset. What was your mindset when you found out that you were like uneligible to like play throughout that whole season? Uh, it was tough, man. Uh, going in, that that's all you want to do. So like, it's like they're giving me a little, but it was like, all right, you can practice with the team, you can be a part of the team, but you can't suit up. Only thing I could do is practice with the guys and just play the best player on the other team. Like basically, so it was like every, like the practices were my game. So. But my mindset was like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to take it. It was definitely frustrating. I didn't know if I was going to leave. I, I didn't know if I was going to leave to go pro. That was like a part of it. Like they were, like if I was going to go to Europe or stay, <clears throat> I ended up staying. They said I have a chance to play the second half of the year. Uh, I had a 3.2 GPA for the first half of the year at Providence College. And they came back like, no, we want to see if you can do it for a whole year. So they didn't let me play. It was just, it was just tough at that point. Yeah. And like you said, like you weren't but, really sure of like, if you're going to go pro or, you know, what was going to happen next? Like, did you ever decide on like, or did you ever, did it ever cross your mind? Like, Oh, maybe I should go to a different school or like, again, how did you decide on like officially declaring for the draft? Uh, I, I, it crossed my mind, like, all right, I should I go here? Should I go to different school? But it was like, if I transferred, I'd have to sit out again. So that would yeah. be two years without basketball. So that was like out the question. And then during during the time of me deciding whether or not to go pro or not, 
It was like I was going to get drafted. There was no if, ands, or buts about it. But it was just where I would go. And my, my mindset was like, you know, I'm going to go to the NBA. Just why not just get better in the NBA, get drafted, you know, get yourself out your situation I'm in. It was just a frustrating year, and it's just like I just want to play. If I can play at the highest level, and these are my dreams, and my dreams right there, take your dream. During that gap of not playing, like getting closer to the draft, you know, working out in the summer and things like that, you know, what are you expecting for yourself? What was going through your head? Because, like I said, at the time, there wasn't a lot of Rhode Island guys making it for themselves in sports like like they are now. Like a ton of people are, you know, obviously super successful, but in that like mid two thousands period, there wasn't a lot of Rhode Island guys like making it big. But you were like one of the first, you know, to get on that path. So, like, what was like your mindset like? in that gap of not playing? Just, like, I just wanted to know where I would go. I was just, mm. like, because there's always been, like, a narrative, like, well, he's, like, I'm a bad guy or something. Like, this is before even, this is Jeff Goodman. This goes back to Jeff Goodman and his articles on me. But it was it was definitely, like, I was just trying to know, like, where I would go, like, what I'm going to do, how is it going to be, like, this is a different, I'm flying, I'm flying everywhere, going to all these workouts, I had, like, 21 workouts that pre-draft, so everything was just going so fast, so I was just trying to figure out, like, damn, like, what's going to happen, what's next for me, so, and I would say one of my biggest mistakes, like, during pre-draft was not going to work out for the Spurs the second time because um, Popovich, like if you look like back then, I'm thinking like a naive kid and I'm like, I don't really like the Spurs system. I don't really like like the Spurs. Like I didn't really like, like, so it was just like, uh, why'd I go But I had a great workout and they were like, well, we really like you. Um, we want we want you to work out in front of Popovich because Popovich wasn't there my first workout, and but they wanted me to go the day before the draft, and I was exhausted, and I'm just like, man, like, no, nah, I'm not gonna do it. And then they're like, are you sure? Like my agents, like, are you sure? And I'm like, I'm not gonna do it. And that's like one of my biggest mistakes that I look back because I feel like Pop develops his young players. Like he gives his players chances. He puts them in there. He throws them in the fire. And that was like my biggest mistake. And I went to Dallas, but Carlisle doesn't really develop like young players. So it was like the total opposite. And it was a little tough situation for me. Yeah, like we said, draft day comes now. Like what was what, what's your like, where were you? Like what was going through your head? You're sitting down probably with your family, like draft day like how what was that I actually for went to the I actually went to the draft because they I was between I was supposed to go between mid to late first mid to mid to late first or early second I ended up going mid second but I was there with my family I was like if you look at me in the video of me getting drafted like I'm kind of like I'm really upset I'm like damn like and I just felt like I had a chip on my shoulder I got something to prove and I had an opportunity in New York Dallas, I didn't, my opportunity was short. So I didn't really have an opportunity. It really didn't give me a lot of playing time. I think I deserved it. When you're coming from Jordan All-American, ranked top in the country, you know what I mean? To being always having the ball, always playing, and learn, then you go to like, it's complete shock. Like, you just don't play. Like, being young, you got like Vince Carter, Monte Ellis, Chandler Parsons, 
Devin Harris, <laughs> Jameer Nelson. Like, I have all these people at my position that are, like, vets, like Wayne Ellington. And it was tough, man. Like, not to play, it was tough. Yeah, and I, I wanted to ask you, too, more about that. Like, the adjustment, like, you know, your first few weeks moving out to Dallas because you were originally drafted by Milwaukee, then those rights went to Philly. And then, again, that goes back to Dallas. But, like, you know, like, again, like the adjustment but from – Dallas actually Dallas actually called me, so I knew I was yeah. going to Dallas. It was oh, okay. just that Milwaukee had the pick. So they called me when I was in the sitting down. But first moving out there, it was like, no, I'm 20 years old. Like, <laughs> moving to a whole new city, you got to do everything on your own. So it's just like, it's really adjusting. And But prep school definitely prepared me for that. Like, AU, like traveling. So all that stuff, I was definitely prepared for, for sure. Yeah, and like a question I really wanted to ask you too. Like once you were on the court and you got your chances – um, what was your first like welcome to the NBA moment if you had one? Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> what? Oh, what is this? CJ Miles? Oh my God! Uh, playing <laughs> CJ Miles, he was at Indiana. This is preseason, and he just kept coming off down screens. I couldn't get over these screens for nothing. Like I couldn't get over these screens, and he keeps hitting the jumper. I'm like, what the hell? And coach is like, well, what the hell? get through the fucking screen. I'm like, oh, I am trying, bro. I'm trying. And he was killing me. And then Monte would like, Monte was like the hardest person I swear that I ever had to guard. Monte Ellis is just so fast, could shoot, athletic. Like, he was tough. Like, so tough. Yeah, must have been like, again, like you said, 20 years old, you're now in the NBA scene playing with all these greats. Like you said that you looked up to uh, when you were coming into the game. Um, you said it a little bit earlier, like playing with people like Vince Carter and like, you know, Dirk Nowitzki, all these guys like Jameer Nelson, all these like NBA, like um, not even just great, just like role players that made a, a name for themselves as well. Like what was that experience like uh, playing with them every day and then playing up against players of those calibers too? Um, It was definitely like, it was a great it was a great situation. I wouldn't take anything back from it. I just, um, I just liked my time. And like, I love Dallas as a, as a city. I like Dallas. I love Dallas more than I like New York as far as like living wise, but New York, I actually played and playing against like Darren Williams playing against getting real minutes and really showing what I can do. I felt that was like, the highlight like really like being able to be on the court and play and show what I can do but as far as like playing with the vets it's like these are guys you grow up like looking at on tv so it's like it's a different experience like you just like wow like all right this is Dirk and you you meet these guys and they're actually cool guys and they're down to earth they're real people like yeah you know, for, so. it's cool because like for me like meeting like some guys like now that I'm trying to get off in the sports industry like sometimes like these people don't look real when you see them in person it's like you know what I mean? You see him on TV all these years, and then you finally get the chance to meet him and talk to them. It's just like a surreal moment. And for you, definitely playing alongside them must have been insane. Um, yeah, but again, go, yeah, going back to like New York, um, I'm a diehard Knicks fan, well, born and raised. I just wanted to know what it was like playing at Madison Square Garden uh, each day. Man, it's the garden. It's the garden. Like everything's everything's dark except that court. It's like it's just bright, like and like. It's the craziest experience to like, like you're in the mecca of basketball, like you're in the garden, like the garden. So it's like, 
that was like a great, great experience actually playing on the court, having time there and being there every day. And that was like, it's, it's just, these are things that are hard to explain, like how it makes you feel like, because it doesn't really, it doesn't happen to everybody and it doesn't happen every day. Right. And again, like once, uh, you know, the 10 day ended, you got extended for the rest of the season. And then that's when the G or back at the time, the D league, like that started and you started playing there and then the overseas career started. So, you know, explain to me like what, you know, after that July, like what it was like trying to get back on teams radars. Um, I didn't understand it. I was in a limbo. Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I was just like, see what I can do if I can get back in the league. And I, and I thought I played really well. Like I was an all-star in the G League, uh, forty-point games. Like I showed, I shot the ball extremely well. I showed I was an NBA player multiple times, and I don't know. I just never got the nod again, and that it bothers me. But at the end of the day, it was just like, all right, what's next? Like now, now you gotta. I love basketball, so what's next? I can still play at a high level. I can still make good money. I still can have a career out of this so like it's not the all end all be all so that's that was like all right I just gotta show like you know what I mean I just gotta keep showing and proving and it's been I had a successful I've been having a successful career it's 10 years in I think I've been doing really well no definitely and like you said like um after being waived like I guess I wanted to say like it probably sparked a fire for you because looking at like your stats after being waived Every season that you've played, if it's in the G League or if it was overseas, you have soared, uh, averaged more than 20 points a game each season. So you know, it's kind of like bizarre to kind of see like why these NBA teams haven't, they, or they didn't, you know, pick you up on a roster. But um, that adjustment from going from country to country, I wanted to know like, you know, what it's like to adjust. Because like you said, like it's probably much different from being in the States coming from college and then going to the NBA, but like, what's it oh, like yeah. going from country it's to country? Definitely, my, my first night in Turkey, my, my, my first year in Europe, my first night in Turkey, bro, I cried. Like, I'm like, I hell no. Like I got to get back to him. But then as time went on, I experienced and Turkey's like one of my favorite countries now, like, like Istanbul, I love it. Like it's just traveling, seeing the world, my passports, stamped crazy i've been everywhere like so i wouldn't change it for the world like i'm living in a different country now i'm in lebanon right now it's what time is it four four o'clock in the afternoon so it's just experiencing things like that man just seeing life seeing how everybody else lives having to adapt and being able to adapt to any situation like and that's great for me right and outside of like the basketball scene like coming back to the game like how was the game, if it has, how has the game changed in your eyes and, like, your perspective as far as, like, pace and stuff like that from the NBA to, like, now overseas? Oh, everybody's young. Everybody's so athletic. Like, you got freak athletes, John Morant, you know what I mean, Zion. You got you got shooters. You got Trey Young, like, not even six feet, barely six feet, doing what he's doing. So the game has changed, like, so much with, like, Steph Curry and things like that. So the game's at a a crazy pace and it's just a young young league right now you know what i mean it's it's crazy that kemba walker wasn't on a roster like that's how crazy yeah. the nba is right now you know what i mean or john wall didn't play for a year you know like mellows out the league like it just like it's crazy i don't see how mellows mellows out the league but you don't have was still in the league <laughs> yeah guys are still in the league like this is like 
So no disrespect on you, dog. This is a great bet. You know what I mean for Miami, but and he's and that's what I'm saying as far as like there's teams in the NBA that do need bets for young guys and guidance like that. Like uh, even even going as far as like just like me being one of the first people like out of Rhode Island of that's like in this era to like go to the NBA and make it to the NBA and have a successful career like that's guided. I, I remember David Duke was like the MVP at my camp, like the MVP at the Regulito camp. You know, he's on the Brooklyn Nets and you got Cole Swider. He's another Rhode Island kid, man. We got, we got talent, man. That is, is coming, is coming along, man. It's coming along. It really is. Yeah, definitely. And I really want to get a chance to talk to those guys too at some point. You know, it's obviously tough to reach them during the season, but um, definitely be cool to talk to them and pick their brains about their careers. Um, but, you know, going alongside the same uh, thing about the countries and all that, like back in 2019 in Beijing, you scored career high 51 points, you know, going wrong with 15 rebounds. You know, uh, describe that 54. Four. All right, so the four. internet's got it wrong. Man. <laughs> 54. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah. Describe yeah. that game, uh, going through it and everything. Just being in a zone, man, just, like, letting you, like, they're letting you play your game, and it's not, like, Europe's different. Europe's, like, it's more, like, all right, how can I explain it? Like, it's it's, it's just a different game, but in China, it's, it's tough. People think that, like, you go to China, and it's just easy, like, oh, yeah, anyone can, no, you have to really be a scorer, like, you can look, like, it's NBA guys who had good NBA careers who've been cut from China. Like, hey, work. Like, because, like, it's a different system. And you, to be a scorer, to be a real scorer, that's where you can be. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's like, it's tough. It's tough. Like, one of the greats, like, I look at Marshawn. Marshawn's, he's tough. Like, you know what I mean? He's going to, he had a successful, great career over there right now. Look at, like, um, even, like, guys, like, who got overlooked, in Rhode Island, as far as like Rakim Sanders, like being being having a successful career, playing for Barcelona, Milan, these are all Euro League teams and, and things like that. You got new guys coming up, Isaiah Miranda. You got you got a lot of things going on in our city that that I feel like I have been like looked at as like, well, Ricky's from here. He's he made it. Like, why can't I do it? Like, this is a new level. And I think, like, just being an older, old, not older me now, 30 years old, having a daughter, um, I'm just happy for the city. I'm just happy for the game, like, that I could be part of the history and just show, like, guys, like, you can do this shit from anywhere, bro. Like, I'm from the, I'm from the hood. I'm from where they're not supposed to make it out. And nobody really makes it for Rhode Island. And now, look, like, we got... There wasn't even a lot of Division One athletes like before or before I came on and things like this, like and, and the pillars of like Joey Akui, like breakers and things like this. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely crazy. For somebody like me trying to get into the sports business, it's so cool to be able to sit down with you guys and like really pick your brain on like how that journey has been. And you know, for you, like looking at it as a whole now, like what's probably one of the most memorable moments you can think of? Uh, I know there's obviously a ton of them, but throughout your whole career. Getting drafted, man. Getting your name called. Getting your name called. Like every like every kid wants that. I think that wants to be a basketball player wants that name called. It might not have been in the fashion that I wanted it. I would say like scoring twenty one and nine on on the Wizards because 
like I was shown like damn like all right I can do this shit like I can hoop like because for a while like not playing in Dallas I lost my confidence I lost like kind of the love I'm just like damn like I'm not playing I'm working hard every day and I'm not playing and then finally I get there and I got rewarded to, like to play and it's like damn like all right, I can do this shit. Like I'm like um I can play at this level. I can be a good good person, good guy at this level. Yeah, was it cool to play with Carmelo like alongside with him? Because like I'm a he's like my favorite player like ever. Because like I said, I'm diehard. Melo was Melo was injured, but Melo was def Melo was hurt that year. But he was definitely man. He just gave nothing but support, man. Like just he would tell me like Rick, you like Rick, no one out they can't guard you. Go one move like. Like, you a great score, bro. Keep going. Like, so, like, he just gave nothing but confidence. All praise to Melo, bro. That man, he he was, like, a good vet. Even the short time I was there, like, it was nothing but love, like, that he showed. And, and I appreciate those guys for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, kind of wrapping everything up. After your playing career is over and, you know, you finally can, like, hang up the shoes and everything, what do you see yourself doing uh, as far as, you know, would you be still being around the game? Or, like, how would, how would oh, your career go from there? Definitely being around the game. Um, it's just um, I don't know, man. Like it's time. It was, it was, we'll see, man. Uh, I don't think it'll be in coaching though. Uh, I think it'll be more like I'll like I'll show people, I'll work people out, like things like that. I can be a skilled developer, but I'm thinking more like agency, like just knowing because I know like so much. I know where like where I've been, the connections I've made, like so. That's I think I'll go on that route, but everything has been like pretty cool, man. Yeah, man, it's been it's been cool to see like you know be able to look at everything online and be able to talk to you and like just see how those experiences have been in the different countries and again different NBA teams. Um, that kind of has all the questions I had lined up for you, Ricky. I appreciate you joining the show. Uh, I just want to like ask you like what you think of the show and who might you want to see in the future as a guest. Definitely, man, it's definitely cool, man. Just um, getting all this off my chest. Things like this definitely, I, I appreciate it, man. Um, just the guys, like guys like David Duke, guys like Isaiah Miranda, guys like vets. You know what I mean? Just to, for experience and different views, like you know what I mean. Good guy will be like Todd Quarles. He's he been he was always big in my life. You know what I mean? Expressions, or the owner of Expressions, hey you, and, and things like that. You gotta like those are guys that are pillars in the community. Like that's been taking guys and been in this AAU game and been in the college game for a while. So those are like a couple guys that I'd definitely like to see up there. Definitely, man. And I know I was rambling a couple of times like off, but I was just like, like, you know. Yeah. Have you ever been on a podcast before? I'm sure you have, but. Yeah, I've been on one before. I've been on one. Was it like local Rhode Island or was it like kind of where you're yeah, at? No, local Rhode Island. A couple of my friends. Oh, nice. Cool. Me and Rockin' Sanders did one together. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But like I said, uh, I thank you again, Ricky. I appreciate it. I'll be in touch. This will probably be out next week. I'll hit you up and let you know how, you know, how to reach it if you want to see it. But I'll definitely be in touch. All right, man. Sure, man. Always. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Appreciate it.